1980s to 1991, uh, we were attending. I was just a I was just a young Christian at the time. I'd gotten born again in 1986. We were attending a church in the area that was affiliated with a ministry called ATM or Apostolic Team Ministries. And uh, one of the founders of that ministry was Ron King. Uh, he became a friend, uh, but our ability to build a relationship with him at that time was somewhat limited, and, uh, and I lost track of him. Uh, in 1991, the Lord relocated us to Northern Virginia, et cetera, and I lost track of Ron, and I hadn't seen him since. In August of 2020, uh, I flew to Dallas where a group of us spent several days with an underground church leader from the Middle East, and... Uh, and while I was there, I reconnected with Ron King after 30 years. Uh, and also met Greg Crawford, who has become uh, one of our uh, committed friends and partners here at Freedom Fellowship. But Ron was part of an apostolic team that went into Albania right after communism fell in 1991. And his team helped to pioneer early relational and communication lines into a nation that had been raped and pillaged by communism until it was stripped bare. And I'm not embellishing when I say that. There were no trees left in the country. The infrastructure was gone. Ron tells stories of going into hospitals where all the windows were broken out, birds were flying around, and babies were laying on bare springs. He said, you can't even imagine how that country was pillaged by communism. By the way, if anyone here is, is a, a, a sympathizer of socialism, that's what it leads to. I'm just telling you, that's what it leads to. It's, it sounds good in theory, but that's where it leads because socialism is communism light, and that's where it goes. That's where it'll take you. Uh, when you give anyone absolute control, it had better be Jesus, because nobody else can be trusted with absolute control. Communism leaders, socialist leaders, uh, at the top of that list. Uh, anyway, back to Ron and Albania. They brought a team, they, they began to reestablish basic communication lines. Uh, some of the stories they tell of even how they had to communicate back then was appalling. I mean, you literally had, there was no infrastructure, there's no way to call anybody. Uh, they would literally have to go to somebody, put a note on their door, tell them where they were going to be at a certain time in order for them to connect and work together to do anything. Um, it was tough. And... Uh, but his team helped to pioneer early relational and communication lines into a nation that had been so, uh, so devastated. And they brought a team of lawyers in that helped write the constitution of a nation being reborn, uh, including freedom of religion. They wrote that into the constitution. We can thank Ron King and his team because they brought the lawyers in that made sure that was in the constitution. Uh, which is why we have freedom to go in there and evangelize today. And so I just want to honor Ron. He's not here, but I want to honor him publicly for their contribution, the sacrifices they made to go in there. And, uh, 
and, and the country, the population of the country is predominantly Muslim, uh, and yet it's a secular uh, society because of the constitution of the nation. And uh, so anyway, uh, early then in 2022, we met Daryl and Debbie Snyder, who are missionaries in Albania. And they'll kind of tell that story, I'm sure, or refer to it. But they had been commissioned by Ron King through a local church that's no longer functioning locally as it was and could no longer be the apostolic center here for them to work from. And so Ron proceeded to pass that mantle uh, for Albania to us, uh, to be the home church standing with the Snyders in their assignment to Albania. I'll let them take, the, take it from there, but I just want to honor them. They've been there for more than 20 years, laying down their life to hold open a path uh, for the gospel in a nation that is a major gateway to Europe. And I'm so honored that we get to stand with them and be the supporting church for them uh, as they uh, continue to develop what is now developing between us. Okay. All right. Very good. Daryl and Debbie Snyder, come share your heart. Come on on up, Debbie. (sighs) I normally start with a joke, but my grandson's here and he tells me I'm not funny, so... But I was going to let Yuri know that if he's looking for a parsonage that I know where there might be a tiny house available in a few months that he could uh, move into. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. Stick to the script. Okay. There's a a clock on the back wall. Okay. As as Yuri was talking about his connection with Ron King, um, it's interesting because uh, we initially started going to Albania in the early 1990s, and it was with Apostolic Team Ministries. And then in 1999, Ron asked us to move to Albania. And in about 2004, 2005, we kind of lost connections with Ron. And it was through our first Sunday here in 2000, actually in 2022, two, two year, just two years ago, that we reconnected with Ron King. And through that and through some other connections here, God has just begun to do some amazing things. But I, I do want to start this morning with a prayer, and it kind of goes along with what something Yuri shared earlier. And it's my favorite prayer out of Ephesians chapter 1. And Paul just says, I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. 
I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. And this is the part that kind of struck me with what Yuri said earlier. Then your lives will be an advertisement of his immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And now he is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned over every name and is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is to come. So Lord, I ask that you would reveal to us your immense power. Reveal to us the potential that is in each one of us as we tap into your great power, that we would be that advertisement for you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, in 1991, when Ron King entered Albania, the Lord began speaking to them that Albania would be a center that would be sending out missionaries and reaching into countries to the east of Albania. In Romans chapter 15, verse 19, Paul says that all the way from Jerusalem around to Illyricum, I have spread the gospel. Well, the ancient name, one of the ancient names for Albania is Illyricum. So Albania has been a part of the gospel story from the very beginning. What Ron and many of the other missionaries that first went into Albania sensed was that Albania would be sending people back into those nations that had converted Albania to Islam, that Albania would be pushing back into those territories and taking the gospel to places that had not been reached or were difficult to reach. There are open doors for Albanians because the, Albania is viewed as a Muslim nation. We don't proclaim that, but that's how it's viewed to the east of Albania. So Albanians can freely go into some of the countries that they would look suspiciously at an American coming into. So doors are open, but we need a body. We need an army that will go into those territories. In the 1990s, uh, the missionaries came in, and as is absolutely necessary, they began to establish churches and began to establish Bible schools. That first generation of believers, they had to raise up the Bible schools that would raise up the pastors that could lead local churches. But with this second generation, it's time for the adult sons and daughters of the kingdom to begin to arise and to begin to move out of the house begin to move out and move into new territories. And a few years back, Debbie and I felt that that was a part of what the Lord was speaking to us, was to begin to do that. And as we've connected at Freedom Fellowship, we feel that this is one of those places that that message goes forth pretty strongly. Um, do you want to talk about 2016 to 17? Okay. Um, in two, until 2019, Debbie and I pastored a church, a local church in Valora. We were part of that training and equipping just that, that first generation. 
But if in 2016, I think it was, or 17, the Lord began to speak to us about moving on from there and beginning to develop an apostolic prophetic training and equipping center that would help with reaching the nation. And I'm going to have Debbie share a little bit of the vision for that center that God gave us. Did you want to share that? Okay. But to, to have an apostolic prophetic training center, it requires more than me and Debbie. We moved to the capital city of Toronto in 2019 and began to pray and press into God. One of the things that we've discovered is that when God gives you instructions to go somewhere and do something and you don't know what it is, he's preparing you for a season of training. I think of David. He got, he got the message, you're going to be the next king of Israel. Well, he was still a shepherd. He had to go through a season of training. So nobody told us this back in 2016, but we just discovered it last year that, yeah, when, when God gives you instructions to go someplace and do something that you don't know how to do, you're going to have to go through a season of training and equipping. So we were in that season of training and equipping, but by the end of 2021, we felt pretty frustrated. We had been in Albania for two years. We knew it needed, we needed a team to be able to accomplish what God was calling us to accomplish. And we were with some friends. Well, we were with, with Bob and Carol, and Bob just looked at us. They have been faithful supporters for 30-some years. And I'm going to pause just for a second here. I just want to recognize some other friends that are here. Um, Terry and Sandy Sustar, we have been friends with them for over 40 years. Our son, Jared, went to Albania with us for two and a half years. He and his wife, Alyssa, are here. And our two two of our grandkids, Shannon and Tiffany, have known us for... They're about their whole lives. Shannon was a, a little older. He's not quite that old. But uh, Bethany. So just want to recognize them and say thank you for your support for the years that we've been in Albania. And thank you. Um, so, but by 2021, we were, end of 2021, we were feeling pretty frustrated. And longing for a team but not really knowing where that was going to come from. And on the first Sunday of January, two years ago, Bob and Carol said, hey, we're, we're going to this new, this, we found this church down on Car Road. It's in, you know, it's a bunch of, you know, we're going to check it out. So we, we came along and we thought, well, it's all right. <laughs> Just being honest here, you know, it's all right. <laughs> Didn't get like, you know, like all tingly or anything. And the the next Sunday, Ron King shared. And because he shared, we reconnected with him. We felt we were to reconnect. Well, then over the next month, some things began to happen. And then that summer, a year and a half ago, we sat down with Yuri and Amanda and just shared our heart and our vision. And Yuri said, I think we can partner with you. And then we began to discover the heart of this fellowship. And um, yesterday, Debbie and I were praying, and we were saying, God, what, you know, how do we share the importance of this connection? And um, a few months ago, Debbie had a a vision, and and we thought it really applied to our relationship with the church in in Albania. And I'm going to have her share that vision, and...
But before I get there, I want you to know, um, yesterday morning, I woke up with Psalms 2.8, this portion of scripture, just resounding in my heart, in my spirit. And it says, ask of me and I will give the nations to you as your inheritance. And I feel like we are in at corporately as part of freedom, that this, this house has the nations on their radar and that they've been, as you've been asking the Lord for the nations, I believe I saw this morning, like he's highlighting which nations are opening up to this fellowship that are, that there is an appointed time that God has a calendar and Albania is on that calendar. God spoke that to me very clearly in November that in the Jew, in the Hebrew calendar, there are, there's this word called Moedim and a Moedim, I may have pronounced that wrong, but forgive me, but it is an appointed time. And when something is appointed, when there's an appointed time, it means it happens at the time that was decided on in advance. So God is giving nations to Freedom Fellowship as their inheritance, that he's already decided on this. But we have to partner with him. And I believe that more and more nations are going to open up to this house, that this is a place where there's going to be a lot of coming and a lot of going. But, and that's the reason why we have to be healed. I felt that so strongly this morning, that we have to be healed. We have to be whole so that when we step into these nations, that we are a light for, for the gospel message, that the, the light of Christ shines brightly out of our lives into everything that we do. And it's the light of his love that shines through us that's going to touch and bring transformation and change in the nations. So ask God, what nation is he highlighting to you? Ask God, what nation does he want to give you? Because as I said, Albania in November, the Lord began to speak to me that Albania was on God's radar that there is an appointed time that Albania is on the threshold of stepping in to those times where God wants to move in a mighty and a powerful way. But he also spoke to me that there was a caution, and that caution is, it came out of Luke uh, chapter 19, verse 44, where Jesus was speaking about what was going to happen to Jerusalem in fact, he was speaking about the destruction of Jerusalem because they did not recognize the time of God's visitation. And so I want to ask you to pray for Albania, that Albania will recognize the moment that God is visiting that nation, the moment where God's spirit is moving in the land and that it wants to connect with the hearts of the people to bring them into the destiny that he has for that nation and for that people group, that they would be the expression, that they would be that expression of the Lord that he has put within them, that there is an appointed time and there is an appointed time, I believe, for every nation. At this point, for us, it's, it, we personally feel it's Albania. But in October, 
the Lord began to show me a picture of a large steam locomotive. I could see the engine. There, wasn't, there weren't any cars behind it, but it was just the engine, and it was on the tracks. And it was moving in a slow, steady pace, and it, and it was making some progress, but not a lot. Next, it was like the Lord took me into the boiler part, compartment of the car, where I saw a man shoveling coal. But there was only one man shoveling the coal into the furnace that would create the, the steam for the locomotive to move. And as I stood watching this, it was like suddenly another man appeared. And at first, the second man just stood and observed he didn't jump in and tell the first guy, hey, you should be shoveling faster. You should be doing it this way. He stood and he observed. And then he stepped in and he began to shovel coal. And these, these two men shoveling coal, it, they worked in team and tandem and they began to create this momentum. And I saw that this, as they worked together, that the engine speed picked up and they were picking up momentum and they were beginning to move and move at a faster and faster rate of speed. And I feel, you know, I thought this was just for the region we were going into, in, into Korcha, because in the Korcha region, pastors have been meeting, they've been doing things together, but there hasn't been a lot of forward movement. And we felt like, Part of our call, part of our assignment is to work with another team of, of missionaries, uh, some outside the country, to go in and support, not go in and tell the pastors what they should do or how they should do it, but to come along as a support to be that second man shoveling some more coal into the fire so that they can begin to pick up speed. And so we felt like that was the revelation of that vision that God was saying, go. Well, now, as we sat yesterday talking about this, we realize that this is not just a picture of what God was wanting to do in, in Korchin throughout Albania. It's a picture, it's a snapshot of what he's doing in our lives and what he wants to do in the life of Freedom Fellowship. And I'll let Daryl explain that a little more. Okay. Yeah, what, we were in a very spiritual place. We were sitting in a McDonald's. And uh, we were like, God, you know, how, how do we share just the, the value that we place on the relationship with Freedom Fellowship? And we were going through all this stuff. And Debbie said, you know, I'd like to share the, the story about the steam locomotive and how, you know, we, we feel like we're coming alongside of pastors that have been struggling and, and, and they're just slowly making ground. And all of a sudden, I, I looked at Debbie and I said, that, past, that, that man that was shoveling alone, that was us two years ago. Trying to keep that locomotive going, trying to get where God was telling us to go. And then all of a sudden, he partnered us with Freedom Fellowship. And we had somebody standing alongside us that was helping to add coal to the fire and beginning to add momentum to that thing. The number of relationships that have happened in the last two years just through just God things, 
from the time we reconnected with Ron King, we met with a couple from, we were at a meeting, and a couple from uh, Brazil, he's from Brazil, she's from South Africa, they're like, hey, we want to meet with you guys, we want to partner with you, and begin to do some stuff. Then in July, we sat down with Yuri and Amanda, and they said, you know, we want to partner with you, we want to do some things. Then in December of last year, we called George Mercakis, and he's like, yeah, I want to be a part of what God's doing. And we're like, I don't know what God's doing, but <laughs> they wanted to be a part of it. And then in January of last year, Yuri and Adam and Mark and Cindy came, and more relationships developed. Um, when Ken Fish was here, we talked to him, and he's been to Albania. And he's like, I want to be a part. He talked to Yuri, and they've shared. And it's like, I want to be a part of what God's doing. And we're like, okay. I mean, it's just all of a sudden, there are these relationships coming with people who will, we know will help the body of Christ in Albania go from being a church-centric organism to being a kingdom-centered organism that has vision to see beyond the local church, to see the role of the local church in influencing the nation. We've had several times, we've had people look at us and say, okay, you know, I just see you as apostles in the body of Christ. And I started looking at that going, what, what's an apostle? So I look back and, and the first time the word apostle is used is when Jesus appointed 12 and he's named them apostles. And we were in Greece with George and he said, well, you know, Jesus used these non-biblical terms, these non-religious terms to describe. So what is an apostle? Well, an apostle was somebody that back in the Greek Empire, the ruler of the Greek Empire would send apostles into a territory to establish Greek culture, establish their laws, their religions, everything about Greece. They wanted to make a city look like it was a Greek city. That's what Jesus named these 12 disciples. He called them apostles. They were to go and have that influence. So we realized our call is to go into regions and help to see the kingdom of God. Ron King uses the term kingdomize to go into these territories and kingdomize the territories. And that's what requires a team. <laughs> and that's the heart of this house. And I no longer see just a single steam engine I see that God has been connecting cars to this train, that it's no longer just an engine out there on its own, but as we've joined with, with freedom and others are saying, hey, we want to be a part of what freedom's doing. They're doing, they're, they're doing something. They're reaching into Albania, but they're not saying, we want you to come in and join what we're doing. We like what we see, and we want to partner with you. And so I see this train that is getting longer and longer, and I believe there are more connections to be made, but it's all about advancing the kingdom. It's about bringing kingdom values into a land that stood and said, where the leader of that land and set stood, and he said, we will have no God other than Albanianism. There is no God in this land other than Albanianism. God wants to take that country that made that proclamation and he wants to turn it around to where it is 
a, a nation where the kingdom is just oozing out of it, where, that na- where the influence of the gospel of the kingdom is not just touching that region and that land, but that it's going into the nations. And that's what God is inviting us into. And it, it, it's such an exciting journey. It's such an exciting invitation. And I just believe that he's just saying, the doors are open. Will you say yes? To, I'm saying yes. Will you say yes to my yes? Will you add your yes to mine? And before I turn the microphone back over to Yuri, there's, a, there's something up here. Many of you think it looks like a railroad spike. It's, it is. Um, but it's also symbolic of the Hebrew letter Vav, which represents a te- tent peg connecting heaven and earth um, and this, this particular Vav comes from a now defunct railroad that ran along the Via Ignatia, which is the road that Paul would have taken across. Paul didn't take the railroad, just to be clear. That was a joke, okay. But this came from that railroad, which is, would, would have at some point had some dirt on it from the Via Ignatia. But this is just a reminder, we want to just, present that to the church, just as a reminder of connecting heaven and earth and connecting this church to Albania and, and what's happening. So I'm going to turn this back over to Pastor Yuri. Thank you, guys. It's an honor to stand with you, to walk with you, and to run with you. And uh, we're going to... Uh, Prepare to take up an offering for these guys. In a week and a half, Amanda and I, Steve and Adam, uh, are planning to be on the ground in Albania. And uh, we will, uh, we're planning to, among other things, visit a coliseum that has been uncovered uh, by... uh, I'm sure archaeologists were there and all those. And, and uh, it's, it, it's a place where Christians were martyred for the gospel. And the martyr's blood is crying out. And uh, it's, it's, it's an honor to uh, be able to respond to that cry that's still coming out of the ground there. Uh, and even more importantly, uh, the blood of Jesus that was shed for all the nations. And, uh, and so while we're there, uh, we'll be connecting with leaders from several different regions of Albania. Uh, part of our vision is to uh, begin to call leaders to collaborate and work together for the sake of the kingdom. Uh, Ken Fish would love to partner with us. He's ready to make a three-year commitment. Uh, there's a brother from Dallas who wants to partner with us, who's a friend of Ken's. There's another one from Indianapolis, and we also have some uh, some of our friend, some of our team down in the Cincinnati area that have already been visiting Albania. That we want to uh, start uh, working together as a team, and hopefully by next fall, uh, early winter, can do a week long conference with leaders from around the country. Uh, with every ministry, um, ministry with every member, uh, ministry member, 
being able to bring what they bring and do what they do and help unite uh, leaders from around Albania to work together for the sake of the gospel. It's a, it's a very critical moment because we have a small window of time. And if we don't go in there with the gospel, uh, and, and, and my vision, part of my, what I bring, my vision is to, to build a net, a relational net with different churches and ministries throughout the country in preparation for a harvest. And I think where a lot of uh, ministries have kind of f- failed in their endeavors is they have not had that net. They bring in a big crusade, but they don't have a net to contain the harvest. We want to build a relational net that can contain a harvest and then start doing mass crusades. Uh, but we've got to do the groundwork. You know, the Lord gave me this analogy years ago. Uh, anybody can tell you where the river is once it's full of water. Yeah. Right? But it takes a prophetic nose to uncover where the river is going to flow before it gets before the water comes. And that's what I feel that is happening right now is the Lord is is uh, letting the uh, the prophetic knowing of what he plans to do in Albania touch all these different ministries that are coming that are that are now able to come together and say, hey, we want to be a part of this. Something significant is getting ready to happen to Albania that's going to affect all of Europe. And, uh, and so, uh, because it's a major gateway to Europe. But if you don't, don't know where Albania is, it's, if you look at the boot of, of uh, Italy, it's right to the east across the Adriatic Sea is Albania, right above Greece. Uh, and so, George Markakis is another one who wants to partner with us from Greece. He'll be there next week, uh, or the, the week, after, uh, week and a half when we get there, so... Anyway, let's take up an offering for these guys. Amanda has a pen and a card to connect with them. If you uh, would like to have one of these, uh, make sure that you get one of these as she passes them out and a pen. And let's take up an offering for the ministry in Albania. Father, we just thank you for lives that are laid down. And we want to honor them today and partner with them as you give us grace. And so we bless Albania. We bless the work in Albania. We ask, Lord, that you would raise up uh, kingdom partners with a vision for investing into something that is significant in Albania. We give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Just uh, bring your offering to the front or use the QR code on the overhead. By the way, uh, apostle to us is not a title. I know some people, there's different perspectives on that in some ministries, you know, use the title, the title apostle and prophet or whatever. Um, I, we see it more as a function, job description. Um, and even though there's, it's not a pigeonholed thing, there's a lot of different aspects of apostolic ministry, but there's clearly an apostolic anointing on this house. And, uh, and as such, the Lord has given us a vision for the nations. And so uh, we rejoice at the opportunity to partner with all of you uh, who want to partner with Albania and to the nations because the Lord's given us significant influence in multiple nations and, uh, and we're just trying to be faithful to what he's called us to. Amen. Moving on. Uh, we are going to bury a few people today.
Who's getting ready to get buried today? We're going to bury you under the water. We're not going to bury you underground because you might not survive that physically. But we're going to bury you under the water, and then we're going to raise you up into a new life. Jesus gave us that uh, to enter into uh, his death and his burial and resurrection, and we call that baptism. And so we got some uh, people here today who say, you know what, I'm done living in the realm that I've been in. I'm getting ready for a new place. And uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1, it says this, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. King James says, I would not have you ignorant. What he's really saying is, you guys are hopelessly ignorant, so I'm going to enlighten you. Uh, that all of our fathers were under the cloud, and they all passed through the sea. So he's talking about the, uh, the Hebrews coming out of Egypt. All of our fathers, they were all under the cloud. There was a cloud that formed when they came to the Red Sea. Now, when they were in Egypt, they were serving Pharaoh. Pharaoh was the king of the world at that time. He was the top dog. And uh, they were enslaved to Pharaoh for 400 years. And when their time was up, the Lord raised up a deliverer named Moses. And Moses is a picture of Jesus, our deliverer. And he went to Pharaoh, just like Jesus went to, to Satan, and said, let my people go. Ten plagues followed, and the last plague was the death of the firstborn in all of Egypt. Jesus is God's firstborn of a new race. It cost his life for us to be set free. And when the firstborn died, uh, Pharaoh said, get out of here. I want you out of this country as fast as you can get out. And so uh, the, they had a Passover lamb that the blood of that Passover lamb was applied to the the doorposts of their house and the lintel. And, uh, and the next morning, uh, they were ready to get out of Dodge. And so they uh, followed Moses. They came to the Red Sea, and Pharaoh changed his mind. He's like, you know what? I'm not sure I want to give up these slaves. They're awful handy to have around here. I've got some more pyramids I'd like to build. i got some more monuments to myself that I'd like to put up. I need these guys. And so he sent his army after them. And they came up to the Red Sea. And there were mountains on each side. And all of a sudden, here comes Pharaoh's army after them. It was a desperate situation. And, uh, and then a cloud formed. And the cloud went over them and, stood, and came down and stood between them and the Egyptians. And the scripture says that it was... Light, the cloud brought light and illumination to the, to the Hebrews, but it was darkness to the Egyptians. So it stood between them. That's the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but when Jesus came into my life, and when I surrendered my life to him, the Holy Spirit came and stood between me and those that I'd been hanging around. They, they didn't know what, I, I, I didn't put the word out. It wasn't me, but all of a sudden they didn't want to hang out with me anymore. All of a sudden, they didn't come around anymore because the Lord had put the word out. He's not safe. Or maybe it was the enemy put the word out. Don't want you hanging around him anymore. And uh, all of a sudden, 
all, none of my friends knew me anymore. That's kind of like the Holy Spirit. When he says they were baptized in the cl- into Moses in the cloud and also in the sea. And so uh, the Lord had Moses stretch his rod out over the water, and the water parted. And a wind came and blew through the parted waters all night. And in the morning they passed over on dry ground. And, and uh, the waters are a picture of baptism. They were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So when they left Egypt, when they crossed over the Red Sea, they left Pharaoh's jurisdiction. When you pass through the waters of baptism, you're no longer in Satan's domain. He no longer has authority over you. You're entering into a new place. And so, so they came out of Egypt, they crossed over, and, and when Pharaoh tried to follow, the waters came back together and drowned his army. When you understand that when you, as you pass through the waters of baptism, Satan no longer has dominion in your life. The things that he tormented you with, the things that he controlled you with, that's over. He no longer has legal jurisdiction. That's gone. You're entering out of his domain into a journey where Jesus is committed to taking you into your land of promise. Amen? A journey of healing, a journey uh, leading to complete wholeness, a journey to, to, uh, leading to restoration of everything that's been lost as you follow him, right? And so they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food. They all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. And uh, so, so all of these things happened to them as a picture of what happens to us in our spiritual journey. So all of you who are going through this water today, we're, we're, uh, you are legally and officially and in reality entering into the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. You're going to go down one way and you're coming up another way. Everything that's old is passing away, and you're being raised up into newness of life. Now, what these people don't need in their life is people around them saying, ah, you'll never change. Don't be that person. Don't be a naysayer in their life. Be an encourager. Tell them, you know what? You are a new person in Christ. That's not who you are. That's who you used to be. You need to encourage them. You need to let them know, you know what? This is a new world that we're bringing you into and that Jesus has brought you into. And we're going to affirm you. We're going to encourage you. Does that mean that you're never going to make mistakes again? Nope. Doesn't mean that at all. I still make mistakes, don't I, honey? She, she, she says not as often as you used to. Is that what, I think that's what she said. But there's a new nature in me. I don't relate to that old person anymore. We march to a different drumbeat. From the, from, the, from the moment that I surrendered my life to Jesus, that stuff no longer had dominion in my life. One of the first things that the Lord began speaking to me after that first intense couple weeks when Jesus came into my life and set me free, the Holy Spirit came into my life, I, we cleaned our house out, all this stuff that I didn't, we were just following the Lord. And then, I, and then brought me to a place where he backed me into a corner. And he wouldn't let up on me until I got real with my wife and confessed to her everything I'd been doing behind her back. That was tough. That was one of the hardest things I ever did in my life. 
was confess to her the life that I had lived that she didn't know about, my double life. And she forgave me. Then she told me everything she did behind my back, which was nothing, and I forgave her. <laughs> but it laid a foundation for trust in our, in our relationship. You know, that's how important it is to the Lord is that we are able to enter into and live in a covenant relationship where there's never any reason for suspicion because we're committed to each other in a heart connection. We're in covenant with each other, and we're into this thing for the long haul. I'm, I'm committed to her until death. Amen? She's committed to me until death. That's the way it works. And that's the way it should work in your relationship with Jesus. Lord, I'm going to follow you until I die. And today, I'm going to lay down my life to become who you created me to be, not who the devil wants me to be. Amen? And so I'm taking myself into a new... So, uh, so Father, today we ask that you would come by your spirit and that you would fill this room with faith. That every person who's entering into the waters of baptism today, that it would be real to them that the old self is gone. And that there's a new person that's rising up out of this watery grave today, empowered by the Holy Spirit, with a purpose and a destiny that's amazing. And being becoming a part of a spiritual family that's full of encouragement and full of life and full of support for them. And we just bless them in this process today. In Jesus' name. Amen.